Well, after a period of, uh, well, one week off, uh, CITR celebrated and honored Earth Day last week, and uh, none of the regular shows were, uh, were heard on that particular day. But we're back, and we have actually a double jazz feature this evening. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to play uh, two jazz features at once yeah, to confuse everybody. Actually, we're not going to do that. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, this is The Jazz Show, a regular feature at CITR. And we're celebrating today the birthday anniversary of one of the most important people in music. Uh, not just jazz, in music. I'm talking about Edward Kennedy Duke Ellington. His contributions were so huge, um, and so many books have been written about Duke and, and everything that he has done. Uh, and, of course, um, one of his main legacies was his amazing orchestra. And unlike other jazz orchestras, most of the music came from within the band. Um, other band leaders like Woody Herman, Stan Kenton, and Count Basie, they uh, hired arrangers to write in the style that the band played. Duke Ellington didn't do that. Um, he wrote most of the music, um, and the members of the orchestra also contributed, uh, as well as a little later on in um, Ellington's career, he met his alter ego, and the great Billy Strayhorn, and... Uh, Billy and Duke just formed a uh, musical admiration society, and uh, they composed so many things together. Sometimes it was hard to tell which um, section of music Duke wrote <laughs> and, and which section of music Billy Strayhorn wrote. Duke Ellington was born April 29th today in 1899 in Washington, D.C., and he died at age 75 May the 24th, 1974, died of cancer. And our other uh, uh, birthday tribute is a belated birthday tribute, and that's going to happen after we hear the Ellington Jazz feature, uh, which is coming first. The other uh, birthday tribute and the other jazz feature will be the music of Charles Mingus. And he was born on Earth Day in 1922, and died at age 56 from ALS in Cornavaca, Mexico, January 5th, 1979. But back to Ellington. The Ellington Jazz feature uh, is going to be heard first, and it's a very important album. And uh, just to backtrack just a little bit, um, it was a product of a United States State Department tour of the Middle and Far East, and Ellington visited many countries that would not necessarily welcome Americans today. Those countries were Syria, Iran, Iraq, Jordan. Um, Ellington visited those countries and just wowed them with uh, the music and, and, and brought all kinds of uh, new people into uh, his uh, musical circle. And, of course, they also visited uh, Sri Lanka, uh, India, and Japan as well. Unfortunately, the tour had to be cut short 
because of the assassination of John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963. And the State Department called Ellington's band back because of uh, possible unrest and all kinds of stuff, and just for the safety of the orchestra. So it was a minor disappointment, but they did visit all the countries I mentioned. And um, it took a few years for Ellington and his alter ego, Billy Strayhorn, they labored over the music for a few years and came up with what we're going to hear this evening. It's called the Far East Suite. And it took, um, as I said, a few years for, for that to develop, um, for all the compositions to gel and have the orchestra play them on gigs and so on and so forth. And then Ellington and Strayhorn put all the compositions together to record. And the recording took place in New York City December 19th to the 21st, uh, over a three-day period in 1966. And this became uh, a very famous and very wonderful Ellington album. It's one of my all-time favorites, and that's why I chose to play it this evening. Everybody in the orchestra, all the legendary names, and I'm going to run down the, the, just once the names of the, everybody in the band, um, they were all in peak playing form. So we have the trumpet section. We have Cootie Williams. We have Cat Anderson. We have Duke Ellington's son, Mercer, uh, and Herbie Jones, four trumpet players. We have Lawrence Brown, Buster Cooper, and Chuck Connors on trombones, three of them. And then the Reeds, the great Jimmy Hamilton on clarinet and tenor saxophone. Johnny Hodges, one of the leading and most beautiful lyrical voices of the Ellington Band on alto saxophone. Russell Prokop on alto saxophone and clarinet. And, of course, another great soloist in the band was the incredible Paul Gonzalez on tenor saxophone. And anchoring the whole saxophone section was Harry Carney. Ellington, of course, plays the piano. John Lamb is the bassist, and on drums, the fabulous Rufus Speedy Jones, one of the great Duke Ellington drummers. So that's the band, and we're going to hear in its entirety the Far East Suite. Now, I should mention uh, just a little anecdote. A very good friend of mine, a very well-known musician here in Vancouver, jazz musician, um, and he and I are, are still very close friends. Uh, I remember we were sitting around, this was way back, and we were sitting, I said, I've got this brand new Ellington record. And he kind of looked at me, he says, well, I don't want to hear Duke Ellington, man. He's an old hat. And I said, you haven't heard this one. And he said, no, nah, Ellington, you know, I respect him and all that kind of stuff, you know, but the music is kind of stale and it's old fashioned, you know. I mean, I, I want to hear, you know, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather listen to Coltrane or Sonny Rollins or somebody, you know. I said, no, no, no. I said, you, you haven't heard this record. I said, just give me a minute. I'll put it on the record player and, and play it for you. And... As soon as he heard the music, he didn't say another word. We listened to side one of the original LP. Then I flipped it over, and we listened to side two. 
So I said, you still think Ellington's old hat, old-fashioned? He said, my God. He said, I, I had no idea. He said, I, you know, I've heard all the, all the standard pieces, satin doll and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I associated with Ellington. I didn't associate this kind of music. And I said, well, of course. You know, Duke wrote all kinds of music. He wrote simple stuff. He wrote complicated stuff. He wrote concert stuff. And uh, anyway, my friend went out and bought the record the next day. And to this day, he still treasures it. And, of course, he, he also bought a whole lot of other Ellington records that he ignored. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, that's my little anecdote. Now we'll get to the music. Uh, as I said, all of these pieces are composed by Duke Ellington and his alter ego, uh, Billy Strayhorn. There's some really delicious moments on, on here of the Ellington piano. A lot of people don't think of Ellington as being anything special on piano. This recording, uh, some of his work on here may change your mind if you think that way. So we open with a piece of music called A Tourist Point of View. Then we go to the uh, tune number two, which is entitled The Bluebird of Delhi, or Delhi. And that features the clarinet of Jimmy Hamilton. Then we hear a beautiful piece dedicated to a very sacred place in the Middle East and played by none other than Johnny Hodges. And he delivers. And tune number three is Isfahan. Tune number four is kind of a tricky little piece. It's called Depk, D-E-P-K. Um, then another sacred place in the Middle East is features um, Paul Gonzalez. And uh, this one is called Mount Harissa. Then we hear quite an amazing piece that features Johnny Hodges once again on lead voice. And uh, it's very difficult to describe this piece, but I will, uh, I'll just say it's incredible. And it's called Blue Pepper, Far East of the Blues. Then we hear a piece of music that's dedicated, of course, to the, one of the sacred sites in India, Agra, where the Taj Mahal is. And the lead voice on that is the incredible baritone saxophone of Harry Carney. So tune number seven, Agra. Tune number eight is entitled Ahmad. And tune number nine, the final tune of the suite, Features some amazing Ellington piano and some amazing Jimmy Hamilton on clarinet, and that's dedicated to Japan. It's called Ad Lib on Nippon. So that's it. The nine tunes from the Far East Suite, our first jazz feature this evening, the Duke Ellington Orchestra honoring his birthday anniversary and, of course, the great man himself. So here we go, Duke Ellington. ¶¶ 
And so that ends our first jazz feature celebrating the birthday anniversary of the one and only Edward Kennedy Ellington, better known as Duke. And of course, this was a very famous late period recording by Duke Ellington entitled The Far East Suite. As I mentioned before, the band did a United States State Department tour of the Middle and Far East, and uh, it was cut short, unfortunately, by the uh, assassination of uh, President Kennedy, and the tour was uh, truncated, but Ellington did visit uh, countries, as I mentioned before, that uh, Americans wouldn't be that welcome in right now, countries like Iraq, Iran, Syria, and um, Jordan, and of course they, they went on to uh, India and went on to Japan, and um, then of course uh, then the State Department called them home. They had a whole bunch of other um, places to go, but uh, the tour was cut short. Anyhow, um, all of that happened in 19, late 1963, and uh, so Ellington and his alter ego, uh, composer Billy Strayhorn, they put their heads together and wrote a lot of music um, commemorating this tour. And uh, once it became, uh, once it gelled and, and uh, uh, the orchestra had played many of these pieces and was uh, very familiar with them, they decided that uh, they would record and, of course, they did for uh, RCA Victor. And it became the Far East Suite. And it was uh, definitely a triumphant recording for Duke Ellington. It was done in uh, New York City over a period of three days in 1966. And the orchestra was full of uh, Ellington veterans. They were still in the peak of their playing form. And, uh, of course, some very familiar names on the trumpet section, Cootie Williams. Uh, some, some of the, the high note specialists, of course, was uh, William Cat Anderson. And the other trumpet players, Duke Ellington's son, Mercer, and Herbie Jones on trumpet. On uh, trombones, three of them, Lawrence Brown, Buster Cooper, and Chuck Connors. And on reeds, we had the great Jimmy Hamilton, who played clarinet and, of course, also tenor saxophone. The leading alto saxophone voice was Johnny Hodges, and Russell Prokop uh, backed him up on second alto and clarinet. And, of course, the other leading soloist was tenor saxophonist Paul Gonzalez, who we heard on several pieces. And on baritone saxophone, anchoring the whole saxophone section, was the great Harry Carney. Duke Ellington, of course, was on piano, John Lamb on bass, and the fabulous drummer was Rufus Jones, whose nickname was Speedy, because, uh, well, <laughs> for a variety of reasons, he could really play very fast and some amazing solos, and of course, uh, was so uh, perfectly suited to uh, the Ellington Orchestra. So the pieces we heard, we heard uh, nine selections that made up the suite, and they were co-composed by uh, Ellington and his alter ego, as I mentioned, uh, Billy Strayhorn. 
So we opened with Tourist Point of View, featuring the sensuous tenor saxophone and Paul Gonzalez. Then we heard some Jimmy Hamilton clarinet on the Bluebird of Delhi. And then the beautiful alto saxophone work of Johnny Hodges on two number three, which was Isfahan. And then uh, an interesting band piece that featured um, Jimmy Hamilton once again and some uh, uh, the other fellows in the band, Depk, D-E-P-K, two number four. Then we heard uh, once again uh, Ellington on piano and Paul Gonzalez on tenor saxophone uh, commemorating um, a landmark in the Middle East, Mount Harissa. Then we heard a piece of music called Blue Pepper, and the leading voice of that was Johnny Hodges once again on alto saxophone, and we heard some amazing pyrotechnics up there um, by Cat Anderson on high note trumpet. Then from that piece, we moved to a very somber and very beautiful piece dedicated to, of course, the uh, where the Taj Mahal is. And, and that piece was entitled Agra, and that featured the baritone saxophone of Harry Carney. Then we heard a piece called Ahmad, featuring the trombone of Lawrence Brown. And the final piece, with uh, some great Ellington piano and some fine bass work by John Lamb, and of course, once again, Jimmy Hamilton on clarinet, the final piece was entitled Ad Lib on Nippon, of course, dedicated to the final stop of the tour, which was in Japan. So that's it, the nine individual pieces of music that made up the Far East Suite by Duke Ellington. Hope you enjoyed the our first jazz feature dedicated to the birthday anniversary of Duke Ellington. My name's Gavin Walker, and you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Also on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we will return momentarily with our second jazz feature. So stay tuned. Did you know UBC students get 20% off organic, farm-fresh produce from the UBC farm? Come by the farm and eat local. Really, really local. Supported by British Columbia's Buy BC program. What newspapers and magazines did you regularly read to stay informed and to understand the I've world? read most of them, again, with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. But like what coming, specifically? Um, all of them. Want to know more than Sarah Palin? Join CITR's Current Affairs Coordinator, Alex DeBoer, every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. in room 2514 in the AMS Nest to learn best practices for covering local current affairs topics for radio. The weekly training sessions will cover writing for radio, determining newsworthiness, media ethics, interviewing, writing balanced stories, and more.
How's that for a delayed reaction on the thunderclap? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, this is, of course, uh, we always do the weather with that uh, little intro. And uh, tonight is uh, partly cloudy. Then it's going to completely clear up with a low of about 6. And then tomorrow is going to be a really nice day. It's going to be sunny all day with a low of 6 and highs between 15 and 19. Wednesday is going to be pretty pleasant as well. A mix of sun and cloud with a low of 6 and a high of 15. And then for Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud and a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 6 and a high of 14. Friday is a mix of sun and cloud. Once again, there's no precipitation for Friday. But unfortunately for Saturday and Sunday, cloudy for the weekend. Uh, with a 60% chance of a shower for both days, lows between uh, 7 and 8, and highs between 14 and 15. So that's uh, pretty well takes care of the weather. And uh, that's, that's what we have to live with. And uh, there you go. You're listening to CITR 101.9 broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenem-speaking Musqueam people. Just a couple of things I'd like to... Uh remind you of before we get into our second jazz feature, which will be the music of Charles Mingus. And um, I'd just like to uh, let you know about uh, the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, very important. They bring you the big jazz festival they've, uh, this year and, and every year. And, of course, they've made uh, most of their announcements public um, pretty early this year. And if you get onto the... Uh, Coastal Jazz and Blues website, you can find out who is playing at the Jazz Festival. We already know one of the big stars is Herbie Hancock, but there's just tons of musicians that will be playing, including some of our finest resident musicians will be featured. Um, just a, a whole array of, uh, of great uh, uh, performers and players and innovators and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, you can find out about everything if you get onto the Coastal Jazz and Blues website, which is coastaljazz.ca. That is it. And, of course, you can also, um, most of you know that Coastal Jazz is one of the big backers of Frankie's Jazz Clubs, uh, down on, uh, or Jazz Club, not clubs, down on Beattie Street. And, of course, uh, that club is programmed by Corey Weeds. Of course, Corey uh, owned the cellar out on West Broadway. And, of course, he, he's a man for all seasons, very busy and multi-talented uh, individual. And he does the programming at Frankie's. And they have, of course, an amazing schedule of people uh, coming and playing there. And you can also access that whole uh, schedule on the Coastal Jazz website. So once again, that's coastaljazz.ca. And um, another fine website to uh, check out is vancouverjazz.com. 
And, of course, there's all kinds of links on that site. And it's very interesting to browse around. And there's biographies and all kinds of stuff on that website as well. And it's kept uh, up to date um, by my old friend Brian Nation, who's the administrator of that site. So that is VancouverJS.com. And one more thing I'd like to mention, Pat's Pub. Of course, um, everybody knows where that is in the historic Patricia Hotel, the downtown east side. Pat's Pub has music, jazz music specifically, every Saturday afternoon, and it's free. There is no admission. And some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub from 3 until 7, every Saturday afternoon. And it's usually pretty packed out, so uh, if you decide to go, uh, go early and get yourself a good table and all that kind of stuff. Lots of parking in that area, and it's, uh, it's quite safe down there as well. People that have misgivings about the downtown east side, well, uh, it's not as bad as um, a lot of people think it is. Anyway, that's it. Saturday afternoon jazz at Pat's Pub. Always worth going to. And it's free. There you go. What can be better than that? So, what I'd like to say is that you um, already know that you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to continue now with our second jazz feature honoring one of my favorite musicians and also a gentleman uh, this is a belated birthday tribute because it was last week that it was Charles Mingus's birthday anniversary. He was born in Nogales, Arizona on April 22nd, Earth Day in 1922, and passed away, sadly, of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, he was only 56 years old, and he died January 5th, 1979, in Cuernavaca, Mexico. Charles Mingus was in many ways influenced by Duke Ellington. He always thought of Duke Ellington as being one of his biggest inspirations, and um, he did even play in the Ellington Orchestra for a short period of time, too. And that's a whole other very interesting story. Um, Mingus played with Ellington briefly, but they did make a wonderful record, which we're going to feature one day. Um, it's called Money Jungle, and it features Duke Ellington, Charles Mingus, and Max Roach. It's a trio, and it, it's a very famous record, and uh, there's some gorgeous moments on that, uh, on that particular recording. And we must do that uh, sometime this year, and we will. However, this is a very special recording. This was done in Bremen in Germany. Uh, it's a concert uh, that was recorded July 9th, 1975. And it features what is arguably one of Mingus's last great bands, it's the same band that appeared on the famous uh, um, two-album set on Atlantic Records called Changes 1 and Changes 2. 
However, unlike the recordings on Atlantic, these are unedited performances. And we hear um, some amazing solos by all the personnel in the band, in the quintet. The only surviving member is my good friend Jack Walrath, who is, plays trumpet. And Walrath was uh, devoted to Mingus um, right up uh, un- uh, until the very end of Mingus's life. Uh, he organized uh, Charles's music once he became uh, uh, ill with ALS and, and so on and, and uh, supervised a lot of things that uh, Mingus um, unfortunately, due to his illness, was un- unable to do. Walrath is still with us. Uh, he's still very active in New York City. And uh, he is sounding absolutely amazing on here on trumpet. So Jack Walrath on trumpet. And someone who uh, is celebrating a birthday today, um, the late, great George Adams. Now, George Adams passed away. He was only 51 and uh, sad to say he died in, I believe it was 1992. And uh, George Adams was one of the most unique voices of the tenor saxophone. And George Adams and Walrath worked together so beautifully on these pieces. And um, on piano, the amazing Don Pullen, who who could play, he he could sound like um, a ragtime pianist, and he'd go from there to Cecil Taylor. Uh, he covered so many basses, and it was a per- he was perfect pianist uh, for this band. And of course, uh, Mingus himself on bass was still enjoying uh, very good health. Uh, the ALS hadn't uh, affected uh, him at all. As a matter of fact, uh, it hadn't even been diagnosed. And Mingus was uh, his energy was great, and he plays beautifully on on uh, these. Uh, tracks, and of course his main man, Danny Richmond, is on drums. So we're going to be featuring, this uh, concert has never been issued on commercial records, so you're hearing it um, perhaps, I'm sure, for the first time. So once again, the personnel, Jack Walrath on trumpet, George Adams, tenor saxophone, Don Pullen, piano, Charles Mingus, the leader on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. We're going to hear two compositions to begin. The first one is the longest tune that we're going to hear. It's almost half an hour long. Uh, when they recorded this tune, it was about uh, it was half the length, on uh, less than half the length on the Atlantic album. Uh, the, the tune is dedicated to Mingus's um, widow. Um, but, of course, they were <laughs> she wasn't a widow then. Um, and Susan Mingus. And uh, to this day, she takes care of Mingus's uh, estate. So this is a tune dedicated to her, and it's called simply Sue's Changes. And uh, as I said, this is a very the longest track that we're going to hear, but it's amazing. The second piece is dedicated to one of the great Ellington musicians, baritone saxophonist Harry Carney, who we just finished uh, listening to with the Ellington Orchestra. And the second piece is called For Harry Carney. Mingus wrote the piece of music. Uh, Harry had just passed away, and Mingus wrote this in honor of Harry Carney. We're going to go from there 
to a composition by Jack Walrath. And um, his contribution to the band is called Black Bats and Poles. And then we're going to go to probably one of Mingus's most famous compositions, and it was almost a necessity that he had to play this on almost every concert. And we're going to hear The Fables of Phobos. And we're going to conclude the whole Mingus concert with a piece of music called Duke Ellington's Sound of Love. And that was a composition by Charles Mingus dedicated to his idol, Duke Ellington. And then we'll hear the, a short closing theme from the concert. So here then, recorded in Bremen, Germany, the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop of 1975. And we open with Sue's Changes.
This is uh, Mysteries from the same album, uh, the new stuff. The Duke Ellington Sound of Love is also on our latest album.
our second lengthy jazz feature this evening, the Charles Mingus Quintet, or the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop, recorded in Bremen, in Germany, July 9th, 1975. And of course, when you hear people, uh, especially Europeans, when they clap like that, they, they want an encore. And um, they wouldn't let Mingus off the, uh, off the bandstand. But uh, we'll hear the encore sometime down the road. This band was considered um, arguably Mingus's last great band. And I'm inclined to agree. Jack Walrath is the surviving member, and of course he was the trumpet player. And uh, he did a lot of work for Mingus. Uh, he joined in 1974 and was with Mingus right up to the very end. And uh, he was a great help to Mingus after his ALS uh, rendered him um, incapable of playing. But uh, Mingus could still direct, and uh, Walrath uh, would sort of be the um, person to translate what Mingus wanted. And uh, so some of Mingus's final records, um, you really have to thank Mr. Walrath for organizing that. Anyway, great trumpeter, and uh, as I said, uh, sadly, the only surviving member of this uh, legendary quintet. On tenor saxophone, the incredible George Adams. George, George's life was fairly short. He died at 52 um, in 1992. He was born in, in Georgia. This day, April 29th, before it closes, um, 1940. And uh, George, of course, was one of the premier voices of the tenor saxophone and one of Mingus's favorite musicians. George Adams on tenor saxophone and on piano, the incredible Don Pullen. And, of course, Mingus's right-hand man, Danny Richmond, on drums, and, of course, Charles Mingus on bass. Pieces of music we heard, the longest piece was one that uh, was the first one we heard, and it was dedicated to Mingus's wife of the time, of course, now Mingus's widow, who takes care of his estate, Sue Mingus, and uh, that first tune was called Sue's Changes. The second piece of music we heard was dedicated to the late baritone saxophonist for Duke Ellington, Harry Carney, and it was called For Harry Carney. Then we heard a composition by Jack Walrath, and uh, that was, that's, was always an honor for somebody to write and have his compositions played in a Mingus ensemble. He, Mingus didn't often do that, but he liked that tune that Jack wrote, and that's the third tune we heard. is called Black Bats and Poles. Then, of course, we heard a staple. Uh, Mingus always had to play this, and, of course, uh, uh, subject to vari variations over the, year, uh, over the years, Fables of Phobos. And the end piece of, the, of music we heard, very beautiful ballad that he wrote in dedication to Duke Ellington called Duke Ellington's Sound of Love. And, of course, a little bit of uh, Cherokee 
the band's theme and sign-off. And, of course, uh, well, there was an encore. And as I said, we'll hear it somewhere down the road. So once again, Jack Walrath on trumpet, George Adams, tenor saxophone, Don Pullen on piano, Charles Mingus leading on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. Our second jazz feature celebrating the belated birthday anniversary of Charles Mingus. Mingus was born on Earth Day 1922 and died in Cuernavaca, Mexico, of uh, complications from ALS. Um, He was only 56, and he died January 5, 1979. Charles Mingus, our second jazz feature artist. So we've had two of them this evening. More rock, less talk, right? And uh, I hope you enjoyed the music. We're going to turn now to something a little different um, to bring the show to, uh, well, not quite an ending. Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt, along with Jack McDuff at the Hammond organ and Charlie Persip on drums. This is an interesting piece of music. Now, Ammons and Stitt were... Um, buddies, and they performed on and off over the years, one of the great uh, tenor saxophone tag teams. And um, Gene Ammons always takes the first solo. Um, Anytime they recorded, uh, Gene always led off, and uh, Sonny Stitt follows. It's kind of interesting because Jack McDuff sets up, and and Charlie Persip on drums set up um, a very busy background here and Gene Ammons jumps in um, and plays right off that and uh, his solo is uh, builds a lot of tension and and excitement and then Sonny Stitt when he comes in he kind of floats over um, the feel of the uh, organ and the drums so it's, it's kind of an interesting contrast so Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt on tenor saxophones, Jack McDuff on the Hammond organ, and Charlie Persip on drums. This is a composition written by Gene Ammons called Tubby. Thank you. 
That little piece of music was entitled The Century Rag. And that was played by the great, late, wonderful pianist, Roland Hanna. And uh, that's from a very rare album called Round Midnight. And uh, that's a delightful piece and sort of in that uh, ragtime feel. And uh, all of that was recorded in uh, New York in 1987. And before that, we heard Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt working out with Jack Macduff at the Hammond organ and Charlie Persip on drums. And we heard a piece of music written by Gene Ammons called Tubby, two great tenor saxophonists working out from an album called Soul Summit. Well, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to close the show this evening with a, a piece by Ornette Coleman, a composition, at least, by Ornette Coleman, played by Don Cherry on trumpet, James Clay on tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And this is a piece of music by Ornette called When Will the Blues Leave? Thank you. 
piece of music written by Ornette Coleman called When Will the Blues Leave? And we heard Don Cherry on trumpet with the great James Clay on tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums, all recorded in Rudy Van Gelder's studio in August of 1988 from an album 
by Don Cherry entitled Art Deco. So that's it for another edition of The Jazz Show. We had two lengthy jazz features this evening, Duke Ellington and Charles Mingus. So I hope you enjoyed the music, and will join us next week. We're going to be into the merry month of May, and we're going to begin with kind of a monthly, um, for the month of May, a feature on drummer leaders. And uh, the first drummer leader that we're going to feature will be Art Blakey and his Jazz Messengers. And this album that we're going to hear next week is a very special edition of the Jazz Messengers because the two Marcellus brothers, Branford and Winton, are in that band. And this is the only recording with the two brothers uh, in that band. So... um, Be sure to join us next week. My name's Gavin Walker. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. Take care, and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Thank you.